Now more with Sandy Clough and Sean Drotar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. This is Sandy and Sean on Mile High Sports. Joining us now is our friend Chris Thomason of the Denver Gazette. You can follow him on social media at Chris Thomason. That's T-O-M-A-S-S-O-N. Uh, Chris, this is a big week for the Denver Broncos. It's not even so much about the game on Sunday, but it's what they'll do after the game on Sunday leading up to the trade deadline that will define what the Denver Broncos look like over at least the next year and get them set up for a potential playoff run in 2024 because the 2023 one has already gone by the wayside. That said, uh, you're over there today. You know that the players and the coaches, they can't think that way. No, they, they definitely can't, and you're absolutely correct that this is a big game from that standpoint. But uh seems to be a relaxed uh, Broncos outfit this week, and, uh, you know, they're hopeful, even though they've lost 16 straight to Kansas City, of breaking that streak. And if somehow they do, and they're sitting at 3-5, and five, I mean, that potentially could alter what they do at the trade deadline, but definitely if they um, lose and they fall to two and six, it's uh, like the movie Trading Places. Sell, 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 sell. Yeah, uh, although even if they somehow won, I don't think their fundamental situation changes all that much. Uh what is what is your sense? I mean, there, there's been some trading activity this week. Um, I'm I'm thinking of Tennessee giving up Bayard, a uh, pretty good safety, and not getting a whole lot back in return. And that's a signal that Tennessee is probably given up on on this year. You don't trade a player of Bayard's quality if you think there's any chance you'll be in contention. Uh, do you think? just generally speaking, that the Broncos will be active? They're certainly active on the rumor mill. Or do you think, you know, it'll turn out to be next Tuesday a very, very quiet day out at the Valley? You know, I think they'll be active, and I think the key thing to look at is uh, who factors into being on the team next season. And I think you've got to just – look at some of the salaries. I mean, Cortland Sutton is due a non-guaranteed $13 million. Right. He's not coming back unless he takes an extreme pay cut. Left tackle Garrett Bowles isn't coming back unless he takes an extreme pay cut. Running back uh, Samaji Pirine has dropped to third string. He has. signed a two-year two deal, and, you know, I don't think he'd be too happy about being the third-string guy next year so he might not factor into their future i think you just have to look at guys that don't factor into the team potentially for 2023 are the key guys on the block 2024 excuse me are the key guys on the block does that mean though that they'll settle for just about anything and that's the that's the the question right because uh, do the broncos need picks unquestionably they do they only have two in the first four rounds in next spring's draft but only two players on the roster realistically in Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons would bring them picks in that area. Are they okay with dumping those guys for later round picks? Well, I think it'd be crazy to 
trade Pat Sertan, who's still on his rookie deal, and then he's got one more year in his rookie deal, and then the big money doesn't kick in until 2025. He's definitely part of their future. And Justin Simmons, if he were to be traded, it might be a case of, hey, let's do this guy right. He's been a dedicated player, a pillar in the community since 2016, never been to the playoffs, and let's potentially, if he wants, move him to a contender. I don't think they're shipping Justin Simmons off to, uh, say, the Carolina Panthers or something. No, no, no. But someone who has maybe come up more than anybody else in trade rumors anyway is Jerry Judy. And I know that Jerry Judy never actually played at Alabama with Bryce Young, but what about Jerry Judy in Carolina? And, of course, they couldn't get a first-round pick back from Carolina, at least not for 2024, because that pick belongs to the Chicago Bears. But could you see that, if not Justin Simmons going to Carolina, and I agree with you on that, maybe a Jerry Judy going there? Well, a team would trade for Sutton, for this year because there's no way he's coming back on the contract for next year. Judy, if a team traded for him, they would be looking at him as a long-term piece because he's got a guaranteed $12 million that he's due next year. And it all depends if the Broncos want Judy to be part of their future. I mean, let's say you uh, aren't going to bring Cortland Sutton back Tim Patrick definitely isn't coming back at his salary next year. And then you trade Jerry Judy, all three of those receivers who uh, Mark Jackson last summer were calling the uh, three amigos part two (laughs) are suddenly gone. So they weren't nearly as as good as as the three amigos part one, not friction behind the scenes with Judy and the Broncos. You know, he's still a potential future piece in Denver, I would think. The idea for this game in particular, you know, the, the, Pat Sertan said today, spoke a little bit about Travis Kelsey and their dad is their deceptive speed. There has to be different ways you can cover him. The Broncos haven't had a tremendous amount of luck. Uh, not a lot of teams have. But the problem that they've run into is it's not just Kelsey that's beaten them. And, and when you look at the way they've lost now 16 straight times, they've lost in all sort of ways. So it, it seems like when you're trying to scheme against this team, uh, you're tr- trying to look at multiple different ways to handle things. The, the the great common denominator is Patrick Mahomes, who's now continually found a way to beat the Denver Broncos, whether it's 19 points, whether it's more than that. They, they always seem to find out a way to end up on top. Did the Broncos, do you believe, overvalue the fact that they held Kansas City to 19 points? Because you heard an awful lot about that. But you watched the game just as we did. Andrew Reid was trying all sorts of stuff that presumably we haven't, and we haven't seen him try it in other games that appeared to be tighter. We saw him try reverses and RPOs to, to wide receivers and fake special teams plays. It didn't seem like he took the Broncos seriously in Kansas City. Did the Broncos feel that Kansas City really did? Well, I think there's pieces they can pull out of that game. The running game by the Broncos was fairly decent in that game against a good defense and they had to abandon it because they fell behind in the passing game was atrocious. And I think they want to take that model and try to continue with the running game in front of the home folks and keep the ball away from Mahomes. That's uh, what they're obviously trying to do. 
So um, if it's a lower scoring game like it was last time, that certainly enhances their chances. But uh, if Mahomes is lighting it up to the tune of the 400 plus yards he threw for last <laughs> weekend, uh, for, forget it. They're not going to win him any, beat him anyway. Right. Um, on Russell Wilson, I've heard competing theories advance this week. Uh, the Broncos in the last two games have been very, very, very conservative with Russell Wilson. Uh, he threw 22 passes in Kansas City, even though they were behind the whole game. And in winning on Sunday against Green Bay, he only threw 29 passes and played quite well, actually. Uh, had his best QBR mark, I believe, as a Bronco in that game against Green Bay, but they still were kind of conservative and, and probably uh, correctly so because – you know, they, they were moving the ball on the ground, and Green Bay has obviously throughout this season been very vulnerable uh, against the run. But it, do, do you get even more conservative or stay just as conservative against Kansas City? Or do you, I suppose, depending on the weather conditions, try to open things up a little bit? Because you, you're just not going to beat Kansas City scoring eight points. Yeah, we spoke before the season, and I brought up the dreaded game manager title, and uh, Russell Wilson That was exactly that against the Packers, a game manager. Right. He didn't even throw for 200 yards and nope. made use of the running game, and uh, obviously they still had to come from behind. They had their typical second-half lull, but uh, if one, you know, if the Sertan interception stands, for instance, then it's a different game, and maybe they're grinding out even more yards on the ground. I would think playing at home, you mentioned the weather. I don't think they're going to come out and do uh, crazy things, and uh, I would, I'm sure Broncos fans hope that the uh, end-around uh, play to Marvin Mims, that one's kind of uh, thrown in the trash can. We're talking with Chris Thomas of the Denver Gazette, and for the Broncos, they have a bye week after this game. If there was, you talked about the game manager role, if there was an opportunity to make switches of quarterbacks, ordinarily we see them in the bye weeks. Do you get any sense that unless this is a disaster for Russell Wilson, that Sean Payton may decide after a loss at 2-6 and six, that it's probably time to look towards 2024 and maybe they'd turn to Jared Stidham? No, no, they, they wouldn't start that early i mean the season is eight games old wouldn't even be even half the uh season and even if wilson has a disaster showing for the second time in three games against kansas city they're still trying to figure out if he's going to be their guy next year russell wilson and you know if they just replaced a healthy russell wilson they'd be saying before the season's even half over he's not even our guy for next season and generally Wilson has been has been solid this year so I don't think it will come to that the the running back situation you touched on with P Ryan and I completely agree with you uh I I know you weren't around last year but that's as good as Javante Williams has looked certainly since coming back from the knee injury are the Broncos yeah, I mean, convinced of that now, that they now have Javante Williams, uh, who was hurt even earlier this year, back at as close to 100% uh, 
as any running back can be this time of year. Well, the very second you called for this interview, I was writing a paragraph about Javante Williams looking as good as he has perhaps since his 903-yard rushing season in 2021. So, yeah, he's definitely looking a lot better. I guess moving forward now, maybe you still don't want to overdo it and, uh, ooh, he's ready for 20-plus carries and then potentially he gets hurt or gets banged up because he did have also that hip flexor injury a couple uh, weeks ago that was unrelated to his knee. So, yeah, I I think uh, they're very pleased with how he's looking, but they don't want to get greedy and give him crazy number of carries and having a guy like Jaleel McLaughlin helps in that regard. And, you know, they, they also gave uh, the ball to P Ryan a couple times in the last game and he's proven to be effective catching the ball. So there's some guys still around to uh, take some pressure off him. How much more do you think Baron Browning might play on Sunday uh, I hear he graded out pretty well, even though he jumped offside a couple of times. Yeah, he had some quarterback pressures, which was pretty good. And he said yesterday, uh, speaking in the locker room, that he's ready and expects to have more snaps than the 49, or excuse me, the 29 that he had against the Packers. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some more snaps. I mean, Ronnie Perkins is the other guy, and uh, I'm sure they wouldn't have any problem. He's the other guy as a reserve cutting on Perkins's snaps and giving more to Browning. Last one for me, Chris. The, the uh, Let's just hypothetically think the Broncos somehow find a way to win this game. Does that dramatically change the trajectory of their season, or is it just sort of a feel-good moment in a, in a season that's been woefully short of them? Well, I mean, Sean Payton brought up the Detroit Lions last week, how they turned their season around one and six. I wouldn't ex- last year, and I wouldn't expect a similar. I think the Lions finished, what, nine and eight? I wouldn't expect a similar turnaround. But, you know, if, if you turn this season around, which looked like a total disaster, especially after giving up 70 points to Miami, you turn it around and finish even seven and ten or something that increases provides a much better feeling for entering next season he is chris thomason you can catch everything he puts together over at the denver gazette where they do terrific work we have a lot of their uh, talent here uh, to talk about it because they are on it day in and day out you can follow chris on social at chris thomason Uh, chris always great talking to you this has been a fascinating season and uh, another another game here against the Chiefs, and uh, it seems like this streak will never end, uh, but it also maybe feels like, if it is, it's going to end in some weirdo, bizarre fashion. So maybe for the Broncos, there's a little bit of hope. Appreciate your insight. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks so much, Chris Thomason, joining us. It, I can't envision there's really a way that the, the Chiefs lose this game. I guess if there's a snowstorm, enough weird things, but that's what it feels like, at least now. That's going to have to happen. By the way, they're definitely picking on the Broncos. But Patrick Mahomes has won his last 12 games in the AFC West against everybody. I I understand that. (laughs) You look at his overall record against the AFC West, I think he's been the quarterback during only three Kansas City AFC West losses. 
They actually, I mean, it's, <laughs> and it's 29 and 3 or something. Against the Broncos, yeah. if you're curious, by the way, in his 12 games, 12 for 12 in his career. Yeah. Uh, 3,265 yards, 19 touchdowns to nine picks, which for him is actually quite a bit, and a passer rating of 96.4, which he, he for, for him, extraordinary. rather ordinary. But, but it, that's the good news, okay? 12 maybe, and 0 is the bad news. Maybe. But I'll give you worse news than that. Patrick Mahomes on an expected points added per dropback. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, top 10, um, but you know nowhere near the top. Uh, don't look now, but he is only slightly behind Tua and Purdy for number one. In it EPA was always a, only a matter of time until so, they got that offense. And, and, and last we week, all knew it. Last week, 0.48 expected points added per drop back. Per drop that back. was number two in the league. And his passer rating, 129.5 last week, also number two Yeesh. for the week in the NFL. Mahomes is back. Well, and, uh, you know, they've they've made some moves. Uh, you certainly don't have to uh, indoctrinate McCole Hartman. Hartman on the system. He yeah, was in it for not. years, and they got him back from the Jets for virtually nothing because the Jets weren't using him. Right. Yeah, it, it is going to be a, a tough he, pull for He sure. is now ahead of the Allens and the Strouds and the Herberts and the Staffords and the Goffs and even Lamar Jackson, although Lamar Jackson made a very big jump into the top 10 last week with virtually a perfect game against Detroit, a good defensive team. The Denver Nuggets had a smashing debut when talking about defending against the uh, defending their championship against the Los Angeles Lakers, a team that, well, was kind of, quite frankly, sorry, Lakers fans, a speed bump on the way to the title for the Nuggets. You figured that would be a bigger performance, but it turned out it wasn't. Sandy, uh, you and I haven't had a chance to talk about it. They will take on the Grizzlies Friday. We'll take a look, a little bit of a look at the Lakers game and a little bit forward towards that Memphis Grizzlies game as well. No Steven Adams, no, no John Morant. Correct. Tough to get a barometer, but we're going to try next on Miley Sports. Pirates smile. You marry a music man Ballerina You must have seen I never meant to be so bad to you One thing I said that I This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Denver Nuggets last night had an opportunity uh, to, well, you know, kind of take back a couple nights ago, pardon me. Yeah. Uh, two nights ago. Their season debut, they ended up uh, thumping the Lakers 119 to 107 in a game that really. You know what? It, it wasn't as it close as even that score indicated. No, it, it sort of resembled to me almost the exact same score. Uh, game three last year when they won in Los Angeles, you just sort of saw same kind of game. The, the, when the bench was out, the Lakers could kind of reel them in, and then when the starting five comes back out, it's double digits again. Well, it, look, it, they pointed this out on TNT where they have the best people. You know, uh, Harlan and Reggie Miller are great. Uh, you know, uh, Ernie Johnson and 
Charles Barkley, Shaq, Kenny Smith were on site uh, just outside Ball Arena. And, you know, LeBron's on this pitch count, I guess, all year. I don't think LeBron's thrilled by that, but go along with it. Only played 29 minutes. They were plus seven when LeBron was on the court. They were minus 19 when he wasn't. And that's 19 minutes. You're minus 19, yeah. 19 minutes with LeBron sitting there. And the great Anthony Davis was a minus 17 in 34 minutes. And that was with a big first half in which he was everything that the Lakers wanted him to be going into this season, at least offensively. And uh, you, you mentioned this to me. I didn't catch the remark, but it's perfect. Charles Barkley said after the game, if you're supposedly a great player and you score 17 points in the first half, mm-hmm. you can't go over in the second half. Barkley said I don't if you can't score in the half. Six shots, 12 shots, three shots, two shots. His line was, you are not a star. You're not a star. You're not a star. It, he went scoreless in the second half. And I know there was some rumbling about, well, they double teamed him. The Nuggets changed their defensive looks and, and double teamed him in the second half, especially when LeBron wasn't in the game. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't care if they put all five guys on him. You can't go scoreless if you're a great player or a star for an entire half like that. So he finishes with 17 points, eight rebounds, four assists, couple of blocks, turns it over twice, only plays 34 minutes, and is minus 17. I mean, he's the worst player on the floor. Nobody else on the floor was minus 17, even on the Lakers side. In fact, the bench was pre- actually uh, it, Vincent was. Minus right. 17. Yeah. In, I, I don't know, 12 minutes, which is also hard to do. But I thought Reddish was good. I thought Wood was good. I thought Hachimura was good, although Hachimura said I should have done a better job. I'm supposed to be LeBron's uh, uh, pupil, kind of his understudy. Right. Term he uses. I'm supposed to be his understudy, and I did a terrible job. Uh, well, he was minus eight and 15 minutes. So yeah, he didn't do great, but I, I, I thought he was okay. On the nugget side, there was literally no one who played badly. Uh, literally no one. Now, not everybody shot well, but the magic numbers for the nuggets, 50% field goals, right? 40 plus percent from three mm-hmm. and 75% are better from the line. Check, check, check. You don't lose they shot a lot of fifty-two point seven percent on ninety-one shots, fourteen for thirty-four on threes. That's forty-one point two percent. And though they got to the line only twelve times, the Lakers only got there twenty times. There wasn't a big foul differential. Seven fifty from the line. Now they were out rebounded uh, on the offensive boards, thirteen to nine, but they had six more assists and the same number of turnovers as the Lakers had. They they just toyed with the Lakers and apparently with LeBron it's 29 to 31 minutes all year long no deviation whatsoever they will not play him it doesn't matter what the circumstances are Uh, I mean maybe a minute or two more but it's not like they're going to play him 35 minutes any time during the course of the season and they feel that's what they have to do but they come out of that game. LeBron James is still by far their best player, and he's playing 29 minutes, 30 minutes. And he was frustrated. Uh, you saw and him walk off. Uh, yeah, you know, the video well, he's, he's in for four. He's out for four. Yeah. 
uh, Nikola Jokic went to go shake his hand, and he had already been gone, you know, out. And and you saw you you caught Jokic kind of having a dismissive wave, like yeah. okay, whatever. I, I I talked about this yesterday. Nate Lundy joined me for a little bit yesterday. I think LeBron James he he had a sense of it last year and pushed for the Lakers to make a lot of trades, which they did. And actually, yeah. they did a brilliant job at the trade deadline. I thought so. I think LeBron James last night understood and and knows. Well, he's playing again his, tonight. Yeah, his Lakers team as currently comprised yeah. cannot beat this Nuggets no. team as currently comprised four games out he of knows. seven, yeah. and he knows it. And I think it had a large part to do with why he kind of stormed off the court. He knows. Yeah. Oh, I, I think knows, there was and he that. knows that Anthony Davis he, is a big part of that. Yes, and and, he, and I don't care what he has said since. When he started talking about retirement, yeah, it, you know, I guess it could be interpreted, perhaps even fairly interpreted, that he was taking some of the spotlight away from the Nuggets when he should have at least waited a few days mm-hmm. before talking about retirement. But I, I really think that was again, an expression of some frustration on his part. And I think it was directed at Anthony Davis. Is that, that he's not, he's not around enough. He doesn't play well often enough Who has, to I win mean, with. I, I know you're, I know you're, you're and playing now, now against since he's trying to build yeah. up, but you're you playing know, against the best player in the world. I get it. But I mean, the idea of Anthony Davis, who's had the career he's had can somehow it, score 17 in one half and never zero, again zero. is almost unfathomable. And on, on that night, in that stage, knowing how much that it meant to the Lakers, including Davis, who complained about it a little bit, couldn't bring even a C-minus game to the second half? Oh, no. Hey, hey, that was a D, if not an F, second half. He flunked. I'm just not he convinced. I, the Lakers, I, I think, coming into last night, I had taken them seriously. As a matter of fact, I thought maybe if people were cutting, cutting them uh a little bit short, given some of the additions. I like the addition of Christian Wood. Well, I liked uh, the addition of Gabe. Vin- I like the additions. I like the I, roster. And, and I like Prince the other night. I like Prince's game. He had 18 points, uh, played efficiently. Uh, now he's minus 14 in 30 minutes, but that had more to do with the guys I, around him than it. He, I he didn't, didn't think he was badly. any worse than Reeves, who I thought was no, probably his second best player. And I thought best, he was matched up player. against Porter. And, uh, you know, I thought in some ways he outplayed Porter. He certainly shot on the, boards. the ball better than Porter did. But, you know, Porter Porter was playoff Porter in which, as we recall, during the playoffs last year, he didn't shoot the ball terribly well, but he did other things. So you get 12 points, 12 rebounds out of him. You can live with that. A couple of assists, a couple of steals, plus 12 and 30 minutes. No turnovers. That's great. No turnovers. Uh, Aaron Gordon, terrific. 15 points, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals, one block, plus six and 35 minutes. Very solid. Jokic, uh, triple-double, plus 15. You expect that. Murray, uh, plus three. But, uh, you know, not a great night. But 21 points, two rebounds, six assists, a block. Only one turnover in 34 minutes. But you know what? Two of their best players, maybe two of their best four players the other night, were Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Reggie Jackson off the bench. Pope had 20 points, and they played him. uh, Caldwell-Pope was great. Caldwell Pope had 36 minutes and was plus 10. Played with 36 minutes. He played as much or more as anybody else on the floor yeah. in the game for either terrific. side. He was great. 20 points, two rebounds, an assist, three steals, a block. 
And, and the end yeah, result and, is I think you hit it on the head, Sandy. That and Jackson was plus 11 in 24 minutes. He played half the game. You didn't really need that much. You just didn't actually need that much uh, to beat this Lakers team that is considered to be one of the contenders in the West. Uh, one of the teams that had they been totally healthy, perhaps, that would have been at least a dark horse, might have been the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, they don't have John Morant because of the yeah, suspension. But it, then the it, injury to Steven Adams out that, for the year. That is a killer. It really feels like killer. it. They will take on the Grizzlies tomorrow at 5. The tip will be at 5, of course, uh, local time here. Uh, this feels like, again, I do wonder a little bit. We'll find out as the season goes along. If the Nuggets can end up getting a bit complacent because for a lot of the Western Conference teams, they're just so much better. They don't need to play at their best to win. And even a team like Memphis, who you think would have been a test had they been healthy, they're not going to be more than likely tomorrow. I'm looking at the next 10 games. Nuggets next 10. Right. And I think the best team they play, considering that they play them on the road, Mm-hmm. I, know I, I, I think I think this weekend nine games they'll win at Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. City. Yep. That's the best team. Yep, and they play them at Oklahoma City, where they've had some they've trouble had some in the past. Trouble. They, they but otherwise, you know, you, you're at home against the Jazz. But, but uh, you go to Minnesota. We know that Minnesota's not a match. Uh, they right. get Dallas, who's an interesting Dallas team, but they'll get them in Denver. But it's all Doncic and uh, Kyrie, and they don't play a lick of defense. Uh, Wembenyama who was in severe foul trouble last night, still hurt him. Yeah. In the, in the he, fourth He scored quarter. nine points and, despite and having San five Antonio, fouls. <laughs> San Antonio day. is about three years away if they keep everybody together from being really good, kind of like Oklahoma City is now. Yeah, that's Oklahoma City is rounding into form. Be in three years, but that's three years away. And Dallas struggled to beat him. And I know it was in San Antonio. There's not a hoopla over Wembanyama and everything else. Dallas didn't. They didn't impress me. Chicago isn't any good. They're already calling team players and uh, team meetings. Team meetings after one with game. The players, players only meeting. Coach out. Players the only Philly, meeting after Philly one Donovan game. Donovan wandered in. They said, "Get out." One game. Players only meeting. That's never good. Now I, I think New Orleans is is maybe sneaky good, uh, but you know it'll it'll take a while for all that to come together. Assuming they stay healthy. Uh, Golden State here, I, that's not a problem. Houston, the Clippers, the, the play at Houston, that's not a problem. Clippers here, that's not a problem. Now we're getting I, in the I, middle of I, November. I, 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 they may start 10-1, and 11-0. Yeah. And and the most – I, I, I'm going to stick with it. The most dangerous team they have over the next 10 games is Oklahoma that's City. that road game against Oklahoma City on that's Sunday. A, that's that's going to be the you. hardest to win. I think it will be. Well, you know, you have to make sure when you avoid, when you're trying to avoid complacency, you have to make sure that you're getting, you know, your head in the right place. And we check that out every Monday with our friend, uh, Dr. Rick Perea in Sandy Uva. A couple words to say about your friend. Absolutely. And you know, Dr. Rick Perea, he joins us every Monday, Mental Monday, checkup from the neck up. And you can get uh, your checkup from the neck up from Dr. Rick Perea every Monday here on Mile High Sports at 5 p.m. But you can also... Uh, pay him a visit. He's the former psychologist of the world champion Broncos back in 2015. Uh, next year, he worked with the Rockies in advance of two straight Colorado Rockies trips. Yes, that's still true to the playoffs in 17 and 18. And, of course, he has worked with uh, 
the world champion Denver Nuggets in the past. He helps middle and high school performers to reach peak levels. So whether you're an everyday performer at work, at play, or at school, call Dr. P today at 720-287-0933. That's 720-287-0933. Or look him up at Dr. P at think1number4u.org. That's think1for-u.org. Well, tomorrow we'll get a little football heavy, as you can imagine. So we want to take a sneak peek. The World Series, an unexpected one, gets underway tomorrow night. We'll take a quick peek at that as well as a typo on the rest of the program when we get back on My Life Sports. She said, I'll turn you on, son, into something strong. Play the song with the foggy break. Engel got Mozart, was checking out the weather chart to see if it was safe outside. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Well, we've been talking hockey. We've been talking basketball. We've been talking football. Baseball's still going. Well, why bet with the big boys? Instead, try in with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door, just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure that you get the best prices of parlays anywhere. And now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day, using the promo code Mile High. So bet with the best and use promo code Mile High this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, the Fall Classic will get underway tomorrow with the the matchup nobody thought was going to happen. The Diamondbacks and the Rangers, even when the playoffs began, over in Vegas, the least likely pairing, Sandy, in this World Series, was the Diamondbacks and the Rangers in the odds, the least likely of the two teams to end up meeting, which is pretty remarkable. The Diamondbacks with only 84 wins this year, the Rangers with 90. And I guess I would like your thought on this, because, I mean, obviously your your history with baseball goes way back. There are a, a, a small group of people, I think, but they're pretty vocal, that look at it and say this World Series is a joke because you can't say these were the two best teams because we watched the whole season and they're not. My counterpoint would be the playoffs are what they are. They didn't just spring it on everybody at the end of the year and say, guess what? You have to play these extras. Everyone knew what the the setup was. And if you're the Dodgers or whomever you think should have gotten there, you didn't get there. And and none of these teams that that are there, they earned the way there. The Braves didn't get there. Dodgers didn't get there. I get it. But the the Braves and Dodgers have no complaint. They, They were annihilated. Right. At so to, to my the, mind, the, I look at it. The championship series both win seven games. You got to go win. You're, you're telling me the Houston Astros can't win one game at home? In a, when the they have road home field team advantage? won all fourteen. All they had to do games. was win. All they had to do was win one game at home. They had the first two at home, the last two at home. They couldn't win any of them. And they got clobbered. I, 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 as a no matter of fact, in Game Six no and Game Seven for Philadelphia, they were up three games to two going back home in front of a raucous crowd. And they couldn't win either game, and they weren't even close. I mean, to my mind, this is why we have playoffs. I don't think it's a disappointment. I I want to see the teams that are that are that you you earned your way into the playoffs. And to my mind, that's why they I, used to call it in, in they called it a hockey for years. They've called it the second season. I, I that's what listen, the playoffs are. I think it's a great story in baseball when you have one team, Arizona, that won fifty one and one eleven two years ago, mm-hmm. and they're in the World Series, and Texas went 
60 and 102, I believe, two years ago, and 68-94 last year, and they're in the world. So what Series. you're saying is fans of teams that are bad, that that's this is kind of the NF it's kind of the NFL model, right? The idea is in the NFL, if your team is bad, even though it's really bad right now, if it's run well, if they make the right moves and you get a little luck, you will be contenders in relatively short order. It's not going to be a generation. This kind of proves that in today's baseball. I think I think you're right for for baseball fans. This should actually be heartening for all the other the towns that aren't in the World Series. Say, hey, maybe my team could do that. There were a lot of 100 win teams, and there was one team, Tampa, that won 99 games. It, it, those 100 win teams got swept out. I mean, so you're saying Philadelphia and Houston because they're bigger markets. That would have been better, and that's really what. Even it's about. though that's really what it's about. Houston won ninety games, and Philadelphia won ninety games. I think it's lazy. I think people Texas look at won it ninety games, and they just want big markets. Arizona and say, won eighty four. Okay. So what's the, what's the difference between two teams with ninety wins on the one hand, and a team with ninety wins and a team with eighty four on on the other hand? Are you kidding? You know what it is. I know what it is because we watched it last year with the Nuggets. A lot of the people look at it and like, well, I haven't done any research on the Nuggets. I don't know yeah. who they are. I haven't seen Nikola Jokic right. play in person. Yeah. I don't want to pay a bend any attention. Yeah. We're only about who the Diamondbacks are, the Rangers are. Well, I knew I was going to just focus on Bryce made Harper. The World Series? Yeah. And people said kind of the same thing. Oh, they don't know that much about them. And, you know, I, <laughs> they were preparing for Jose Altuve and Bryce Harper. Like, we right. know those guys. It would have been easy. I can have opinions on them. But, but you know what? Garcia for Texas, he's a superstar. Uh, yeah. He's a superstar. Now, I, you know, I knew that. I mean, he was an all-star this year. Uh, so, so he's not an – I'm sorry, he's not an unknown. Texas was in first place, I think, more than any other team in the National League – I'm sorry, in the American League West this year. They, they didn't yeah, for the majority first, of the season, right. for most of the season, Texas, for majority of the days, Texas was in first place. So, you know, I understand if you're a casual fan, you don't follow it. But the, the the World Series, if you're a casual fan and don't follow it all year long, any team that plays is going to be somewhat of a mystery right. to you. I mean, if, if you just watch the World Series, it's, it's like people in college basketball complaining uh, about uh, the the teams. Not the, Duke, it, North it, Carolina, it, they're it, upset. March Madness or, or uh, Final Four. If if blue bloods aren't in the final four and saying oh nobody will watch well it, yes but the best teams are in the final four the be, the best teams they may not be the blue bloods and it's, the blue bloods aren't the best teams they can't win the big game Adolis Garcia has thirty nine total bases UConn is a blue second, blood right the last time I looked UConn's a blue blood they won the national championship last year and I heard people saying well you know the blue blood bad year for the blue bloods yeah. Uh, Kentucky went out early. Kansas went out early. I'd like Kansas. I pull for him, but it it didn't bother me or offend me that it was UConn and San Diego State. I liked it out of the Mountain West in the championship game. I thought it was great. And it was well, we don't know these guys. You you don't know the Kentucky and Kansas guys either, right? Because you don't watch college basketball until March. Exactly. And right? it, look, you bring up Garcia, seven home runs, leads everyone in the playoffs. 20 RBI, everyone in the playoffs. If Total bases, he was only second him, to Alvarez. You haven't been watching anyway. Right. 
and and not that far behind him, Cattell Marte of the Diamondbacks with the 32 total bases, not as much power, but he, he's hitting 358. I, I'm I'm talking to a friend of mine yesterday about this subject, big baseball fan, and you know he 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 was talking about this, and he was saying this more than I was saying it. He said the the only thing that the casual fan would probably know about the four teams that were in the playoffs for the league championship series was that there was some deal about Houston cheating a few right. years back. Yes. And Philadelphia has Bryce Harper, and we don't like him very much because he's kind of an obnoxious jerk in the minds of Those would that, probably be the, the two, general. Only yeah. two things that people would know about the four teams. <laughs> You're not is wrong. Is that Houston, well, there, wasn't there something about Houston cheating uh, back there a few years? And uh, even though... Dusty Baker is a manager now and is, is well is well removed from all the hijinks that went on before there. And then Bryce Harper, well, he's kind of a dislikable guy. Uh, so we, we might have heard of Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's a great player. Yeah. But, you know, Arizona ha- Arizona's a wonderful team. And you, you have – Two managers in the, in the World Series, one kind of a new age guy who, who yep. likes the analytics, and the other is Bruce Bochy, who's managed three world championship teams in San Francisco and manages completely by feel and was told when he was being interviewed last year by the guy who became his boss, his general manager, you know, don't feel pressure. I know you've been a winner every where you've been, but don't feel a lot of pressure because we're not ready to win right now. We'll win eventually, but we're not ready right now while they're in the World Series. And Bruce Bochy helped get them there. But Bruce Bochy looked at that lineup and said, there's nothing wrong with this lineup. It's terrific. They've got Garcia. They've got Seager, who was an MVP candidate Mm -hmm. most of the year, I think. Obviously, yeah, you get I mean, you got a you got a slugging catcher in, in Jonah Heim. Marcus exactly. Simeon he hasn't hit well in the playoffs. Marcus Simeon's an outstanding player. Says, I don't have to do anything with Leody this lineup. Leody Tavares this lineup is, is fine. outstanding. We'll, we'll, we'll score runs. Yeah, center fielder who can fly. Said, Listen, we, we I can piece together a starting rotation. The bullpen's not great. We may have to make a few moves during the season to strengthen the bullpen, but that's my deal. I can. Manage your pitching staff. I've done it all my life. I played catcher during my playing days. I know all about pitching. I'll find a way to put a staff together, and we'll kind of ham and egg it with with the bullpen guys. And they ended up, by the playoffs, even though their bullpen was lousy during the season, they found a seventh-inning guy, an eighth-inning guy, and a ninth-inning guy. And the eighth-inning guy is Aroles Chapman, who's Mm -hmm. pitched in the postseason plenty of times before. And the ninth inning guys, Leclerc, is a good young pitcher who, you know, got taken out by Altuve in a in a key situation uh, down in Arlington. But a lot of people have been taken out of uh, games by no. Altuve. Yeah, Altuve is a great player. Altuve is a Hall of Famer. 
give a, a, a little bit. I, I'm, I'm happy to see it, too. I think it's an interesting matchup, but also particularly happy to see Evan Longoria, who's had a phenomenal career. Now, granted, he's not at, at this point at 38 years old, uh, not the player he was, but a guy that played most of his career for the Diamond, I'm sorry, for the Devil Rays and then Rays, and then moved over to the Giants after the Giants had kind of had their run of uh, the, the, the handful of World Series. And he's getting his first crack at it with the Diamondbacks yeah. at the age of 38. Remember, That's by great. the way, college teammate. I'd like to hit it over to that side of the infield of Troy Tulowitzki. Ah. Tulowitzki and Longoria, <laughs> third yeah. and short in college. Yeah. Uh, don't pull the ball if you're a right-handed hitter. I think Longoria has played in World Series before, though, right? He played with Tampa. Uh, yeah, he did sneak against in there. Philadelphia. That's right, against yeah. Philly. So I mean, but it, they didn't win. But... Nope. And it, here it is, 15 years later. Yeah, yeah, he's and that's another crack. At that, that's great. So that's I mean, a, I, I'm excited story. to see it. And and you know, I'm not gonna. I'm I, look. I'm not gonna be foolish enough to make a prediction on it. I don't know. Yeah. I think the Rangers have maybe I, a, a slightly I, I, I better team toward the Rangers, but, but <laughs> who knows? Uh, home field means nothing. We know that. No, certainly, absolutely. Arizona does not. won the last two games in Philadelphia. And, of course, Texas didn't win a home game in its championship series with Houston, but Texas won all four on Zach the Allen takes the hill in game one, but Nathan Eovaldi, yeah. 4-0, 2.42 Eovaldi in this series. Eovaldi went healthy. A clutch playoff performer, is, is too. a terrific playoff So pitcher. it will be fun. We'll have to take a peek at that as well. I want to say one thing real quick before we leave. I was uh, absent yesterday. I went to uh, Tina, the musical, last the night. It was sensational. And uh, for those who haven't I seen you, it, I assumed you, you probably went to see Pink. can't. That's what I get. No, I, I, I assumed Pink you were was there. playing at Ball Arena. I assumed you were in the SRO for Pink. And I there was, uh, yeah, there, there was a huge crowd for Pink, uh, but it was a packed house at Buell Theater for uh, Tina the Musical on a Wednesday night. And uh, I think they're uh, doing shows through Sunday. If you don't have a ticket, you probably can't get one, I'm guessing, probably not by at now. this point. But, um, if you do have a ticket and you haven't seen it yet, you will enjoy it. I won't get into the details, but I will say this very quickly. As good as the show was, and it was terrific, the encore was even better than the show. The encore was I better than the show. Checking that out. I mean, it runs on Sunday. It might be a better view than the Broncos game against the Chiefs as they try I not to. I guarantee you it will be more entertaining. We'll take a look at that, obviously, as the Football Friday rolls along. We'll also take a look at the Nuggets as they get closer to tip with the Grizzlies. The Avalanche, by the way, down 2-0 after one period against Uh-oh. the Penguins. We'll keep an eye on that and let Uh-oh. you know tomorrow as well. Georgiev in the net allows two goals on nine shots in the early going, and we'll uh, let you know more about that game tomorrow as well. Thanks to Chris Thomason joining us from the Denver Gazette. Always appreciate it. Danny Bailey in the booth making everything work. We're going to step aside and be back tomorrow afternoon, of course. For Santa Clough, I'm Sean Drotar. Thanks for listening. Keep it right here on Milo Sports. Saving it up Friday night With the Sultans